This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. Of course, it's the Greg Tucker Show. It's Monday. And you know, Greg, I uh, thoroughly uh, want, I, I, I want to say how impressed I was with the Vietnam Wall. They did such a tremendous job. And you know, there were a lot of people that attended that. And uh, a, a lot of them were family uh, members uh, with the veteran that uh, lost his life during, or their lives during the, that particular war. But uh, it was amazing how well they put it on. And it'd be just like in Washington going through, they had so many experts on uh, where the uh, particular individuals that you would be looking for. And... Um, you talking about a patriotic spirit. It really grew during that time. And uh, it was 24 hours a day for four days. And people were going there very late at night, probably early in the morning, to uh, be part uh, of that particular scene. And uh, it's moved Murfreesboro on. should be very, very proud of having yeah. that here. It has now moved on. Is it... Uh does it continue to be on circuit? Uh, uh, this is the last around? one. This was the last of, right? of, of, yeah. It's a continuous thing, but this is the last one for the year. For the year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I remember visiting the original when it was first uh, dedicated. And uh, it had more of an emotional impact on, I think, the people who see it yeah. than, than the heroic kind of monuments. And you remember, and I remember that there was a good bit of controversy yeah. because it was not a heroic kind of uh, display. It was a very somber display. And uh, the element of it that is impressive is the way it, the original comes up out of the ground mm -hmm. with just a few names on it and then builds up to the center, the peak, when there are hundreds of names, you know, for each period and then fades back down into the ground again down to just a few few names in the last segment and uh, I think people relate that with the history of the war yeah but I was so proud of each one that uh, they pulled up for me mm -hmm. and uh, um, you know Robert Boyd he was in his third tour of Vietnam mm -hmm. so those guys they were committed to taking care of not only those people in Vietnam, which that was a main thing, but also to keep China 
from taking over, as you remember, in, in that particular uh, area. And uh, it, it's a, it's a, it was a somber thing, but my my spirit for those that that gave their lives was probably as stronger, stronger than it's been, uh, even near that time when it happened. And uh, um, those are heroes as far as I'm concerned. No. They, are, they are very, very special individuals. No question about that. I know when they first opened it, they put out what looked like telephone directories, and you could go to that and find your name. Yeah. And it would give you the section of the wall to go yeah. to. And uh, I had about a half dozen friends and close friends uh, that are on the wall. So. Yeah. And I was the, worried about finding them, but they had experts that were out there about the whole yeah. wall. And they were, uh, they took care of us, everybody that came out there. And right. there were large groups of people that were coming, even some. Uh, had out-of-state uh, license tags that were coming in. That, that, that's pr it just shows you that this country still has a love for all of those heroes. That well, I think it, other than the local uh, monuments like we have here that list names, it's the only national monument that lists all the names of mm -hmm. those who made the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, and to Best of my knowledge, it's the only national memorial that has a road tour. Uh, I've never seen that, at least not that I'm aware of. Uh, also, be done more. also, it was interesting that uh, for the first time, and many say perhaps the last time, the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, yeah. where they have the constant military guard, mm -hmm. Uh, they allowed people to actually approach up onto the, you know, and place flowers. Mm -hmm. didn't occur to me that that was not permitted, except for the dignitaries, like the president always places a wreath on the tomb of the unknown soldier. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's the, I think it was the 100th anniversary of the tomb. And uh, so they let the public approach uh, for the first time. Uh, interesting. You know, it probably, the unknown soldier probably could be identified in today's world, but I don't think they'll ever do it. Well, I'm not sure that we still add to it because, you know, we're able to identify uh, through all the science of yeah. you know, forensics and such. So perhaps it has what it has, but it still is a monument to those that make the sacrifice. Right. It is. Uh, on a lighter subject, I was uh, curious that uh, an old client was in the news, both the national news and the local news here lately. I'm talking about General Electric, GE. Uh, an old client of yours? Uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, indirectly, but yes. Uh, the property that we all associate with the General Electric plant here mm -hmm. was a very active major employer for what, 30, 40 years, something At like least. that. Uh, the property has been kind of in limbo and now there's talk about it uh, maybe becoming a city park out there on uh, Northwest Broad. Mm -hmm. It'd be interesting. 
So that was the local news I picked up that was GE and reminded me a little bit of nostalgia. But the national news uh, was interesting too because General Electric, you know who founded General Electric originally? No. Very familiar name. Thomas Edison. Absolutely. <laughs> it was originally the Edison General Electric Company. Ah. And of course, over time, merging, they uh, eventually became just General Electric. Yeah. Uh, one of the most dominant uh, companies in the United States. And from the beginning, uh, Covington and Burling, my law firm in Washington, mm -hmm. represented General Electric. And obviously was one of our major and uh, long-standing relationships. Uh, and one time when uh, I was relatively young there, one of the senior partners approached me and says, Greg, I, I've got a conflict and I can't cover this uh, trade association meeting. Mm -hmm. And uh, here, here's the file. I want you to go. Uh, as always, you say yes, sir. And a uh, senior partner. So there was this gathering in Washington. I was sitting around a table, maybe 15, 16 representatives of the various elements of the electric industry. And it was the uh, body that lobbied on behalf of the electric industry, I guess. And uh, it was kind of a quiet meeting. I noticed the others every once in a while would look at me. I thought, well, I'm the new guy here. I had introduced myself, you know, and mm -hmm. I'm the new guy here. Finally, one of them just turned to me and said, well, what's your direction? And I realized that they expected General Electric to set the agenda and uh, make the recommendation as to which way the lobby group should be going. And uh, so I told them what I had been told, but uh, I went home thinking, General Electric, of course, and, uh, big time. I think Jack Welch was the head of it at that time. But it was in the news here lately because it's disappearing. Uh, they don't make light bulbs anymore. And you can still go to your favorite hardware store or grocery store and find GE bulbs yeah. because they sold the right to use the GE label uh, when they sold the bulb company. Uh, Are they totally out of business now? No, they're splitting the company into three and the survivor company will make, continue to make uh, jet engines, mm -hmm. uh, airplane engines yeah. and such. That'll be their business. And I don't know, they may come back as a... But they were one of the first and last conglomerates and proved that that doesn't really work that well. Unrelated businesses don't relate very well. Uh, so they have sold off everything. But it's interesting that the basic industry which began General Electric, which was making the Edison light bulbs, is no longer a part of General Electric or General Electric's no longer a part of that. Yeah. industry. Uh, Knowing you, you were fully prepared when you w went to those meetings. and uh, I was prepared with the information I needed, but I hadn't been briefed on. Now, they'll be looking to you as the General Electric rep. Uh -huh. uh, so, you know, I was sitting there quietly, you know, kind of uh, learning from what questions were being asked and all. Yeah. Uh, did you feel uneasy at all because of representing such a uh, prominent business? 
that had been very strong in in this nation for many many years. And it was back. This was in the 19. I guess it was about 80, 81. Maybe yeah, about 80, 81. Mm -hmm. And it still was the dominant. But by then it was dominant in a number of industries, not just light bulbs and electrical equipment. Yeah. Uh, very big in. Uh, they invented the MRI. Wow. Uh, yeah, that technology, and so they were very big in the healthcare equipment business. Again, they didn't help me any. Didn't help I can't you do any. an MRI. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they put you in that little bitty tunnel, and you have to lay there calmly and quietly while they. Yeah. Well, besides that little gadget they put in my upper left. Oh, that's right. Side, upper left shoulder. Yeah, I don't do it anymore. Anyway. Yeah. 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 Uh, I got a call yesterday from Marty Luffman, and I could tell he oh, was he wow. was coming back strong because he's telling me what we ought to be talking about. He said, we need to do more on the history of Laverne. And I said, I'll take you on the air with me just as soon as you're I thought, ready. I thought Marty was a smarter boy. He's smarter, but he's shilling for Laverne a little too. And I said, as soon as you are ready. You can come on with me, and we'll talk. We'll talk that history, Marty. If you're listening, I mean that. Uh, you know, you need to get back on the air with us, and we'll talk about Laverne or whatever else you want to talk about. But he did sound like he's coming back. I could, I could hear the uh, enthusiasm, uh, and he wants to attend the uh, dedication of our new local museum up at the courthouse. And uh, Marty and everybody else, it's going to be this coming Sunday at 2 o'clock. And you can guess where it's going to be. It's <laughs> going to be up there at the courthouse. Uh, uh, maybe on the south side. Maybe uh, we'll use the central hallway. How much but, is uh, already uh, there at, at the uh, courthouse as far as the history parts of it? Uh, there will be exhibits there. There are exhibits there now. And uh, I, I don't think I can say that everything's in place, but certainly enough to give us a museum. And uh, I think it'll be interesting from the start. I noticed the other day that we have uh, the security desk set up, and it was manned, yes. When was I in there? Thursday, maybe. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was, I spoke to the the security fellow who was there. And that's occasioned uh, by the fact that we're going to have exhibits of some yeah. consequence there. And it's going to continue and it's going to grow. It's going to grow gonna... and the exhibits, as you would expect, uh, it, it will rotate. There will be some that are more or less permanent and others, I suspect, will come and go uh, as we have opportunity to, to show them. There's a whole lot more than you can ever get in one museum at, at the same time. So but we'll uh, I, I presume that you are still going to be kind of like the contact for uh, individuals who have historical things in their uh, in their possession, you might say. Well, whenever someone uh, is curious as to whether the museum would be interested. There's several of us they could talk to, but I always enjoy talking with them. Yeah. And we can make those kind of decisions as to what's the best way to do it. I think also this uh, Sunday would be a good occasion for people to take a look at our courthouse. 
it's in better shape than it's been in decades. Yeah. Uh, the landscaping has been uh, cleaned up and fixed up and it's been repainted and it just looks real, real good. And uh, when I think back that there have been at least four occasions when we almost got rid of it. Uh, we almost lost it. Mm -hmm. And uh, it goes way back uh, to, uh, well, when do you think was the first time it was really threatened? In the mid-1800s. Well, uh, it was first occupied in 1858. Okay. Four years later, it was uh, occupied by the Union Army. Mm -hmm. And on July, in July 1862, the occupying forces, which were uh, initially very, uh, what would you say, inhumane, oppressive, had gathered up a bunch of uh, community leaders and uh, just about every adult male out of Cannon County and had them imprisoned in the courthouse. Mm -hmm largely to intimidate the population. I think their intent was to be sure that uh, the population was subdued. And uh, they had scheduled an execution of uh, a half dozen or so of them, prominent names that you'd recognize today. And uh, a uh, Southern leader and his military contingent raided Murfreesboro and routed the Union. And uh, in the midst of the conflict, which went on for less than a day, right around primarily the courthouse itself, uh, one of the uh, Union personnel set fire to the courthouse. And uh, it was obvious that uh, the fire was targeting those who were held prisoner there because yeah. it was fired in such a way that they couldn't escape. And uh, even if everything hadn't burned down, they would have been overcome by smoke and such because they were confined. And uh, it failed. The uh, forces under Nathan Bedford Forrest got into the courthouse. They literally chopped through the door. It's interesting too, one of the uh, unique things that Forrest required of his men was that each one carry a hatchet or an mm -hmm. ax. And uh, so they took down the wooden door at the time and got in in time to put out the fire before it destroyed the courthouse or more importantly before the prisoners there uh, were harmed by it. Uh, but the individual who started the fires acting on his own was identified and identified to the leader, Forrest, after they had taken control. And Forrest dealt with him rather summarily. He executed him on the spot mm -hmm. and uh, later reported. So there was no question that uh, the individual arsonist who had tried to uh, kill that many people and destroy the courthouse uh, had been dealt with. So that was the first time we almost lost the courthouse. It had been there four years. And uh, thereafter, it was again occupied, but uh, apparently it was used and not uh, and abused, but not uh, threatened uh, during the rest of the war. Uh, the second time we almost lost the courthouse was curious because there was no effort to demolish or destroy 
it was uh, more an effort to uh, change it, and it did change it. And that was in uh, 19, about 1908, 1907, 8, mm -hmm. 9, when a committee was appointed to deal with uh, some renovation the way it started. But the committee set up by the, uh, the county court at the time, mm -hmm. JPs, uh, got, in my opinion, uh, carried away and changed the appearance of the courthouse, changed the function of the courthouse, changed uh, so much about it that uh, if you go back and look at the picture before and after, you will wonder what happened to our original courthouse. What about the size of the courthouse? Do what? What about the size of the courthouse at the time? At the time, they yeah. they added an entire new floor, a okay. third floor. Yeah. It was just two stories, and uh, they decided it needed a third floor. They tore off the roof, put on a new roof with a different look to it, mm -hmm. a flat roof as opposed to kind of a mansard sloping roof original. If you look at the original picture, it'll quickly remind you of the state capitol. Hmm. and what's built contemporary with the building of the state capitol. Mm -hmm. So it may well be one influenced the other. Uh, but uh, the fad in the early 1900s was what we call Greek revival. So they changed the look of the windows and they added some, uh, it was essential. They built uh, the first hole under the courthouse and put a boiler in there. Mm -hmm. and had steam heat then throughout the courthouse. Uh, they removed the uh, some of the primitive plumbing that was in the courthouse, but the big difference was the change in the appearance. They changed the style of the bell tower, the cupola, mm -hmm. if you can say that. Uh, and so I say we came close to losing the courthouse then, not by demolition, but by alteration. And, uh, I think it's the most beautiful of all the courthouses in the state. It is now, and we brag about it, and yeah. we should. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I would say the uh, the date of what you're looking at would probably be more like 1908, because mm -hmm. the 1858 look was quite different. Overall, the same footprint, uh, but the uh, design and, and scale of it. Uh, and if you focus on the columns in the front, it looks the same. If you go to the north and south sides and look at the little columns and appreciate they weren't there originally. Yeah. Uh, part of the renovation was to change the look on the north and south side by adding something that looked more like the front. Uh, the closest we came to losing it was uh, about 30 years later, near the end of the Depression period, about mm -hmm. 1938. Uh, as you might expect, it had been neglected for about 10, 15 years yeah. during the Depression years and some before. And uh, I was in very poor shape. In fact, uh, the newspaper at the time, uh, one of the, the better newspapers, the Rutherford Courier, in April 1937, uh, having discussed some positive change in the community, then said, now, how about a better courthouse? Focusing on the Depression era square, the local newspaper observed, a bare, worn, dusty surface is what we call the courthouse yard. 
the soul bench looks more like a one-pole chicken roost. And you visualize that. Mm. Uh, the inside of the courthouse is in keeping with the so-called lawn. And what's more, it smells bad. Uh, in 1936, Judge Wiseman at the time, our county court judge, mm -hmm. called a meeting of the members and the general public to determine the future of the deteriorated courthouse. They were trying to develop a plan that they could uh, implement over the next couple of years. They hired an architect from Nashville, uh, Mr. Waller, and then George Waller, a Nashville architect, had him they hired him to study the old structure and advised as to what should be done. And his advice was any money spent on the present building would be practically wasted. Mm -hmm. uh, another architect uh, from one of the bigger, biggest firms at the time, Warren Holman, Mr. Holman, came down and attended some of the meetings and gave the same impression. You have to wonder if there was a little bit of a conflict of interest there because uh, the architects were looking for business like anybody else was yeah. in the Depression era. And uh, the temptation was that as part of the Depression era uh, effort to rebuild the economy, the federal government was offering to pay for new public buildings. I think something like 70 to 80 percent of the cost the federal government would bear. Mm -hmm. uh, which left just a fraction of the cost to be financed locally. And that was tempting. Yeah. And uh, they called a meeting and several prominent uh, members of the community came to the meeting. And one of them uh, said, uh, my daddy or my grandfather was part of the forest contingent that liberated the courthouse. Mm -hmm. And uh, I really think it's an important historic monument, but after hearing the reports from the architects and those who have studied it, he agreed that probably it would be too hard. And then there was a contingent of garden club ladies, and they said, well, they were going to put off any attempts to beautify the courthouse because they agreed that it should probably be demolished. And so they took a vote, and they voted to take down the courthouse and build a new courthouse. But a failed day, the commission, the court county court at the time failed to pass a new taxing measure or bonding measure to come up with the percentage that they had to put up yeah. locally. So it drug on for a couple of years as this is what we're going to do, but nobody was willing to raise taxes or commit to a, a new bonding for it. And uh, so, you know, it saved the courthouse. World War II, yeah. because when the conflict broke out, the federal money disappeared, and uh, the courthouse continued to deteriorate uh, through that period. So that's the closest we came to losing the courthouse, but it came up one more time. And uh, as you would expect, the continued neglect, there had been some patching here and there. By 1958, 59, 60, the courthouse was again in rather poor shape, poor condition. But more importantly, the uh, commission at that time uh, recognized that we had to have more space. Mm -hmm. That the courts and everybody else who used the courthouse, the executive branch, the tax collector and all that, uh, the space was just not there. 
the essential space. So uh, again, they called for public input and one of the options was to demolish the courthouse and build again a more modern, elaborate, uh, and much bigger courthouse on the square. And uh, Ms. King was one of them. Came, King? Yeah, yeah, she came forward. She was a national DAR mm -hmm. uh, executive and uh, leader and had been very prominent in uh, the community. And she said, no, this is not what we want to do. We want to preserve the courthouse. And obviously the question then was, well, how do we do that? We've got to have more space. Mm -hmm. And uh, if we are going to preserve the courthouse and its present look and such, how are we going to do that? And there was a uh, young architect, a uh, veteran who had returned from the war and established himself as, a, as an architect. And uh, he met with the group and said, I think we can do that. And he sketched he wouldn't it. be related to you, would he? Yeah, he sketched out what he proposed to do, which was mm -hmm. to add the north, what we now call the north and south wings, mm -hmm. and to do something that at the time was relatively uh, unheard of, and that was to dismantle and number the facade, mm -hmm. step back out of the way, make your addition, and then put the facade back on so it looks the same. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Bernie Tucker, architect, uh, explained what he could do and how the... That's Greg's father, if you haven't heard. Yeah, and how the uh, courthouse would, would look. Mm -hmm. There's a beautiful rendering of how it will look mm -hmm. and uh, save the courthouse for the fourth time. And since then, uh, I don't think we've ever given consideration to demolishing our beautiful courthouse, one of only five, I think, that uh, predate the Civil War and their construction and use uh, in the state of Tennessee. Uh, it has since then needed attention, as it did three years ago. And each time the, uh, the governing body since the 60s has stepped up and intended to. And, uh, once more, particularly if you come to the uh, uh, dedication of the museum this coming Sunday. Uh, walk around the courthouse mm -hmm. and uh, think about uh, how close we came to losing it on several occasions and how proud we are now of what it stands for and what it looks like. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with Greg Tucker. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Do you love helping others and making a difference? RHA Health Services is hiring a variety of positions in Murfreesboro, from entry level direct support to experienced nurses offering competitive pay and benefits, including a daily pay option. If you bring the passion, RHA will provide the training and support to help you succeed. Apply at rhajobs.com or call 615-895-7788 to learn more. Apply now at rhajobs.com. That's rhajobs.com. 
Hi, my name is Patrick Garland, and I love living here at Adams Place. Well, exercise is what keeps me going. Uh, people don't realize that I'm 84. I get along well. I don't require any assistance in walking or doing what I want to do. I love travel, and I'm still traveling. I'm just enjoying life. I have invited several people to come here just to come to Adams Place to visit me and uh, see what it's like. And I love living here at Adams Place. It's a slick pig barbecue, spicy wings and Brunswick stew, everything made fresh for you at the slick pig barbecue. There's lean smoked turkey and chicken too, ribs so tender don't need to chew, well come on folks, I'm telling you, it's a slick pig barbecue. In 1920 East Main, you're gonna love the pig. The Slick Pig Barbecue, a Murfreesboro tradition. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. This is Logan Hickerson with the Stones River Craft Association, inviting you to the annual Art Studio Tour, Saturday and Sunday, November 20th and 21st. This free event opens private studios around Murfreesboro featuring artists and craftsmen. Check us out on Facebook or at artstudiotour.org. That's artstudiotour.org. One-of-a-kind gifts available at the Art Studio Tour, November 20th and 21st. A map showing all studios is at artstudiotour.org. Hi, this is Bob Cornell, pastor of Covenant Church right here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. The answer that you've been looking for is found in Jesus and what he accomplished at the cross. You see, Jesus changes lives from the inside out. We would love for you to join us at Covenant Church, located at 1124 Brinkley Ave, right here in Murfreesboro. We have services Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. You can learn more about us at our Cornell Ministries YouTube channel. We want you to grow in Christ at Covenant Church. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Smyrna Fire Department personnel were dispatched to a structure fire in the 100 block of Mitchell Drive around 9.37 Sunday morning. Firefighters attacked and extinguished the fire, but the duplex cannot be lived in. Ten residents were present at the time of the fire and all made it out safely. Investigators from the Smyrna Fire Department are determining what caused the blaze. The American Red Cross is assisting the families. A medical issue is being blamed for the death of a Laverne Police Department officer. Detective Sergeant Kevin Stolinski died while on duty Friday. Stolinski served 20 years with the LPD. The department asked for prayers for Stolinski's family as they mourn his loss. General Motors plant in Spring Hill is hiring. GM says it's looking to fill more than 120 temporary production positions. The hiring event will be held Tuesday from 10 o'clock in the morning till 4 in the afternoon. GM says it'll do interviews and on-site drug testing to make same-day hiring decisions for the positions that start at nearly $17 an hour. Sands Club is issuing a recall for packages of its members' Mark Beef Stick dog treats sold in Middle Tennessee and nationwide. Sands Club parent company Walmart said over the weekend that the product is being recalled over possible contamination from metal fragments. 
The dog treats have been sold in 2.2-pound bags at Sam's Club's locations since March. If you bought some, throw them out or bring them back to where you bought them and get a refund. The Tennessee Philharmonic Orchestra dedicated its 40th anniversary to its founder, Dr. Lawrence Harvin, and played from their new location at Bel Air Baptist Church on North Tennessee Boulevard. Their concert was a tribute to veterans. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. City Towel and Floor Covering is a family business. I am a third generation, so it started with my grandfather, and then my father, and now me. Andrew Young with City Tile and Floor Covering. They see these beautiful hardwood floors and it just makes a stunning statement in people's homes. Make your house a showplace. Give your house a new face. Make your house a wow house. City Tile and Floor. City Tile. Hello, this is Frank Caperton, otherwise known as Frank the Computer Guy. I've been in business repairing computers since 1983. I hope I'm doing something right. Get this, I come to you. I don't charge a trip fee in most cases. Have reasonable prices, very personal yet professional service. I also preserve memories. I digitize your old family videos. Again, I'm known as Frank the Computer Guy. and You can call or text me at 615-476-7823 or visit frankcaperton.com. Good neighbor weather. Skies become mostly sunny this afternoon. A high in the upper 50s. Southwest winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear, low near 42. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 35. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline 896-4100 or go seeamovie.com. Popcorn pop fresh daily. Their movie hotline 896-4100 or go seeamovie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of Premier Senior Living on Memorial Boulevard. It's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. And welcome back with Greg Tucker. And um, there, one one other thought on yeah. on our museum, which mm-hmm. is being dedicated. Uh, we need volunteers. Uh, museums. Uh, need uh, docents, I think is the formal word, uh, volunteers who uh, appreciate history and will be prepared to interpret what's uh, on exhibit in the museum and to answer questions. And uh, uh, we haven't quite set up the mechanism yet, but those who are interested in doing that, leave your name and uh, contact information with the mayor's office or or online with me, Gregory Tucker at bellsouth.net. And uh, when we get that activity, begin to organize it, uh, we'll go to that list of volunteers and try to get people. So there's someone there all the times when it's open and uh, uh, help us get that organized. Well, there's a lot of people that have a love of our community and I'm sure that they will would love to be a part of it and probably a lot of them have roots that go all the way back to the beginning of Murfreesboro so uh, we we need you there and uh, it, it, it would be part of giving back to the community absolutely now you went to a special event 
a couple of nights ago, and I, I was not able to make it, but I know that it's always one of the best parts of of the Murfreesboro Symphony. Is it still Murfreesboro Symphony, or is it Tennessee Symphony? They now have gone back to TPO, Tennessee Philharmonic Orchestra, uh-huh. which was the original name. All right. Uh, and Lawrence Harvin was the original, uh, well, the founder. And uh, this was the 40th year of the symphony, the orchestra. Mm-hmm. And uh, Lawrence was there to be honored uh, and recognized. And uh, uh, I was quite pleased with the new facility. You know, like everything here lately, the symphony is back. Yeah. Uh, we missed it last year. Uh, but uh, it looked to me like uh, that we had more musicians. I think what it was is the stage now is wider and they spread out more, mm-hmm. which I enjoy because I like being able to see the individual uh, performers, right. uh, uh, musicians, and uh, how they react. Uh, and uh, a good venue, the Bel Air Baptist there on, what's that, Rucker? Uh, Rutherford Boulevard, Rutherford Boulevard, Rutherford Boulevard. and uh, it was, of course, the uh, tribute to the veterans, and the music was all the patriotic, uh, most of which very familiar. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of more modern pieces, but uh, familiar pieces, and uh, the uh, turnout was less than I would hope for, but it's our first time back. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think the hardcore were clearly there, but uh, there's room for twice as many as were there this past Friday. And uh, the next performance will be the special Christmas program. And uh, I'm not exactly sure of the date of it, but it's in December. And uh, again, I'm sure there will be a lot of familiar music, Uh, but when that familiar music is played by a full orchestra, uh, with all the percussion and the horns and the strings, uh, it it gives it a new a new feeling. How was the sound system there? Was it? Uh, of course, it used to be at the Methodist Church, and uh, on Thompson Lane. And um, since it's no longer there, I was wondering how that was the the sound would uh, compete with each other. Uh, I'm not a good judge of the sound because mine's in part filtered through some hearing devices. But it seemed to me at least as good as we had enjoyed at the Methodist uh-huh. Church. Uh, it's a different feeling in, to the uh, the auditorium uh, that we're using, uh, but still very pleasant. And uh, the... Uh, Patriotic music, you know, has a lot of uh, percussion and crescendo, yeah. which was exciting. After each piece, you know, there would be a spontaneous uh, applause, appreciation, and uh, on a number they of would, they would uh, the the music would kind of mirror the uh, each uh, department, uh, either army, uh, navy, air force, well, there's marines. One, there's one piece which weaves together all of the music of the different branches of the military service. And uh, uh, there was another one that 
played all of the very familiar traditional patriotic tunes mm -hmm. in one symphonic presentation, which was also very good. Uh, but I recommend the, the uh, Christmas show, and uh, you can find it online in the information. I can information. tell you when it'll be. Hmm? I can tell you when it'll be. December the 10th at 7 p.m. Uh, over there uh, where you just had this concert. But it's going to be special, and uh, I, I I have uh, uh, all these insights into these dates and things You're like that. You're also looking at the computer screen. <laughs> That's good. That's yeah, good. You, you. As I was saying, on December 10th, <laughs> there'll be the special Christmas symphony. Yes, yes. And, uh, but, you, you, but people need to come out. Don't, don't uh, think of it as just something that's going on in our community. Attend it because that is one of the more special events that you'll have. In fact, it's all through the year. I, I was hoping that somebody from the symphony itself would have uh, volunteered to have come on the show oh, and we could have uh, I uh, think that can be arranged <laughs> yeah we could would relate that to everybody because it is yeah. very very special well uh, and another recognition I appreciate it of course Lawrence Harvin was recognized as our founder mm -hmm. but there's one musician who has apparently been there since the beginning plays the clarinet probably mm -hmm. plays a lot of other things but at the symphony plays the clarinet and uh, occasionally I think listens to the Truman Show but Greg Lawson mm -hmm. uh, one of our favorite uh, personalities. He listens there. to the show when you're on is what you're trying to say. I think he does. Yeah. Uh, and I uh, appreciate uh, his commitment and it looks like he's carrying some kind of responsibility for organizing the musicians. Uh, I don't know the politics of a symphony orchestra but i do appreciate uh, his long service and uh, he was very much there and involved last week mm -hmm. so i'm sure he will be continuing to be uh, the uh, old surviving member of the original uh, symphony i think if you relate it all the way through the years i think those are the two most popular uh, the the one the patriotic one and then the Christmas one and they're just the music is just absolutely unbelievable in both of those uh, particular concerts I recommend it well you you don't have to be a uh, social butterfly or anything like that just sh just show up and enjoy some of the best music that, that you've ever heard. It, I, I've been to the, um, actually I emceed one of them and I was booed off the stage because I yeah, that was, was not dressed up with my That was uh, a special comedy series, <laughs> <laughs> comic series. Yeah, my, I, I, a couple of uh, my ex-officers were uh, doing security that night and when I walked off and walked past them, they, they said, Truman, you're the only one that could get away with this. <laughs> so bless their hearts. Well, you're good as our favorite local celebrity to uh, offer your services like uh, Or actually, I think you were drafted into that. But uh, I was drafted into <laughs> it. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I think I know somebody who was part of that draft, but uh, that decision. Uh, let me test your uh, historic uh, I've already answered knowledge. two questions correctly. 
Uh, there was one occasion where our courthouse was completely destroyed. Remember when that was? You go back that far, surely. Actually, I don't. Well, it was the original building. Okay. And uh, people asked me. Well, that said, was obvious, but, yeah, but the I original, don't know the date. The original building built in 1813 mm -hmm. uh, was lost to fire. Mm -hmm. And uh, we don't have, that I'm aware of, any actual pictures, renderings, or anything of what it looked like. Mm -hmm. But I found a couple of years ago a detailed description of what was advertised to employ a contractor builder mm -hmm. and the uh, solicitation for bids detailed a lot of what they wanted mm -hmm. so you could reconstruct to some extent and uh, the answer would be it looked an awful lot like a cracker box uh, made of wood but uh, positioned very close to the same footprint that uh, we have now. What happened to it was uh, arson. And uh, it had not been recognized in our history as arson until we found the Spence Annals, it's called Annals of Rutherford County, where one of the leading members of the community back uh, in the Civil War period detailed the history of uh, the county up to that point. It turns out that uh, an individual uh, began to be seen around the courthouse on a regular basis uh, in that time period when the Tennessee General Assembly was meeting in Murfreesboro. Mm -hmm. And uh, then uh, and they were using the original courthouse as the meeting place for the Tennessee General Assembly. Mm -hmm. And uh, one evening it uh, went up in flames. Uh, appeared to be uh, set because of the positions of the fire. It started in more than one place around the building. And the individual who came to be uh, under suspicion disappeared. And what wasn't known, although we've known that it was destroyed by fire, uh, was that it was apparently arson. And the theory that Spence writes is that some Nashville interest, anxious to get the capital permanently located in Nashville, uh, recognizing that there were now those who were taking the attitude that Murfreesboro was going to be the permanent location of the capital, had tried to force the General Assembly to come into Nashville uh, for their meetings. But you remember back in those days, and technically I think it's still the case, the assembly meets only once every two years. Mm -hmm. So the arsonist made the mistake, probably in the employ of some Nashville interest, of setting the fire uh, such that it left a year or so before the General Assembly would meet again. Mm -hmm. And the first thing they did was move to the Presbyterian Church and meet there. But in the meantime, the uh, community made a real effort and built a second courthouse. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it'd be fair to say it was pretty much thrown together, but uh, again was available for the use by the Tennessee General Assembly within about a year. Uh, the courthouse built in the 1850s uh, mm -hmm. was in part because this uh, second courthouse after the fire was pretty shoddy 
and was coming apart after 20, 25, 30 years. So they built the uh, the one we still have. You know, uh, I've been wondering ever since you guys started the uh, museum part, um, is there any uh, thought about the future as far as no longer having uh, business going on in the courthouse and being able to relate as people come in that maybe uh, large pictures of what it's been inside for uh, the history of the courthouse. And uh, I know we have a, a number of artists. I don't know how many large photographs that we would have of the inside, but relate to everybody when they come in how the building was utilized over the years because we've had some uh, really great leaders in that courthouse for almost the history of, of, of the building itself. Well, uh, in its early days, it was, of course, the location for the uh, uh, legislative branch of our local government mm -hmm. and for the executive branch of our local government. But the bulk of the courthouse was dedicated primarily to the judicial system. Right. And uh, yes, I'd like very much to see, uh, as part of the museum, a history of the courthouse, not only its physical uh, history, but uh, the way it was used. And uh, uh, it, of course, got to a point several times we talked about in the late 1950s mm -hmm. when uh, everybody was on top of each other. The courts were meeting in small rooms. I uh, loved those days. Yeah, uh, all in the courthouse. Yeah, taking turns in the big room and and uh, holding court wherever they could find space. Yeah, and there was a lot of activity, just as you said, going on that that took part of the entire judicial process during <coughs> that time. I hope somewhere I don't have it yet. I hope we can find some documentation of the retail activity that I do remember in the hallway of the courthouse and the very interesting individual who uh, had the concession there, you remember yeah. that? Yeah. And uh, he died out at uh, community care uh, sometime in the 90s, I believe, 1990s. Uh, but he was blind and yet he could tell you the denomination of the bill you no, handed wait a him. Minute. He told me he couldn't. He, he played like he did. Oh, is that right? But he, he finally admitted that he could not tell the difference between a $10 bill and a $20 bill. Oh, but he had the one, one and the five down. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he was, um, you, you know, the, 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 the square uh, pretty much took care of everything that was going on in Rutherford County during that particular time. Well, and if you went in and you had some type of uh, um, uh, court proceeding going on at that time, everybody would stop at his uh, location. He usually had two or three little chairs around there, and you could sit around and talk to him. And almost everybody uh, who was uh, either a lawyer or law enforcement or whatever, they would always stop and find out what was going on in Rutherford County. Of course, uh, we have we had a lady at that time would spend time at the courthouse, and 
and usually made at least a quarter off of everybody that came in. So uh, it, it, things like that should be told when, when you have people coming in right. to see the history of Rutherford County. Well, the, uh, we could do a display on the personalities, uh, not talking about the politicians, just the personalities that were around the courthouse. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, and 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 the checker games that were going on up there yeah. were pretty powerful, and, and uh, people the cedar shavings was all over the uh, one side of the, uh, the whittlers and the checker players have disappeared. Yeah, uh, but uh, they still ought to be memorialized. Cause I think was, so. That was part of our community. Yeah. Each each generation had something special to give back in those days and that'll bring it back alive again which I'm, I'm very proud of you and everybody that's taken part of that well we should know too that the confines of the museum or the museum area are not limited to the interior of the courthouse but uh, the uh, campus the inner campus mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how we have formally designated but the inner campus the intent is that's part of our Museum, yeah. the monuments and the uh, information that's that's there, uh, all the way out. I'm sure to include the uh, war memorials that are on the southeast corner of the of the square yeah. there. If you get up early in the morning and you don't have anything to do, just drive out while it's still dark and look at the courthouse. It stands tall still. Just like our community still stands tall. And in a few more weeks, we're going to put on our Christmas lights. Oh, wow. Yeah, and light it up with some uh, seasonal colors. That'll be Are you going to have a large tree that will be there at the courthouse? Mayor Bill uh, hasn't mentioned that, but I know in the past he's always had a tree yeah. and a lighting ceremony. So that should be coming up fairly soon. Did we not plant trees a few years ago um, that we could automatically decorate there? Now say that again, Brian. Did we not plant some trees a few years ago that we could decorate each year on the on the campus? I'm not sure. Do you know, Greg? I don't remember that. I do know that we've had to, we have needed and done some uh, extensive landscaping and planting uh, around the courthouse in the last year or two. Yeah, uh, and the sycamore tree remains forever. I think Brian should do a, a background and, and uh, yeah. see if, if that happened. Yeah, and then relate it back to us. He's not just a sports guy, you know. He's not. No, no, no. <laughs> he he he's he's not limited in any area. Bless his heart. I'm glad to know he's listening. I guess you're ready for us to leave. Is that what you're saying, Brian? Well, we're getting close. Yeah, that's what I figured. Thank you, Truman. Thank you, Greg. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for letting us continue on. And um, I guess we'll see you in the morning at 9 o'clock. Take care. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's the Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.